0: now yeah, is a...
1: Hello and welcome to episode 186 of Section 138. Spring training is here and we're watching Blue Jays baseball on our TVs again. I'm your host, Mark Colley, as always, joined by Jacob and Bryson. How are you guys?
2: Doing good, Mark. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty fun to be able to watch baseball again. We've been talking about pretty much everything else throughout the entire winter and it's gotten to the point where we can actually watch games again and you know looking at the rest of spring training too a lot of the games are actually going to be i think majority of them will be available on tv so there's lots of baseball for us pretty much going up to opening day and of course the regular season so it's fun and it's going to be it's glad happy to be back you're talking about actual baseball results and games even though the games don't matter it's better than talking about what we did before so and you know those last roster spots, those bullpen spots. It's always kind of cool uh, talking about it and comparing different ideas and roster predictions. So happy to be here. And um, the Jays, two and one, not bad. Great Fruit League action. You can't complain. And uh, hopefully they have
1: another good week ahead of them. So, what? If you extrapolate that over a full season, it's a. Uh... 120 and 40 record something like that <laughs> yeah. that's not exactly. bad for the Blue Jays <laughs> of course it is spring training none of this matters except for individual performance and individual health and what we're trying to figure out with where the roster is going and what direction the Blue Jays are going and then of course the offseason is still kind of happening right now so that's kind of everything that's happening not so much the in-game results that matter but Jacob, how are you?
0: You know what? I think I am probably the happiest that I have been in the last 6 months because we finally as you just both of you just said we finally do not have to talk about that three letter word. We can watch baseball. We can we can finally just talk about this team that we, you know, dedicate so many hours of our lives to and you know, it's it's just it's fun I think especially for this team especially you m- most of the guys here are going to make the roster, most of the guys that are playing, except for the, you know, the guys that we haven't heard about and whatnot, but, like, even just today, like, most of the lineup on uh, on Monday is regulars, and you're seeing Alec Manoa for the first time, like, this is a lot of fun, like, it's not the, who's maybe gonna make the team, like, we're watching the majority of the opening day roster, and it's just, I couldn't be happier, and all I can say is, April 8th, it's, I don't even know how many days away it is, it's maybe two, three weeks away, but, it can't come soon enough, especially if these, even just these spring training games are as entertaining as they've been in the regular season. I just, I can't wait for that opening day.
1: Yeah. Before we get there, we do still have the off season to wrap up. So let's start there. The Blue Jays, last time we talked, were still interested in Jose Ramirez. It looks like that ship has kind of sailed. It looks like the Blue Jays are done in regards to that. I have the feeling that they're not going to make another big move. At this point, we're already a week into spring training. We're a couple weeks away from opening day. Um, We're seeing some of the big final pieces come off the free agency board. We saw Chris Bryant sign with, of all teams, the Colorado Rockies. We saw um, Trevor Story, he's going to the Boston Red Sox. And we saw Carlos Correa sign with the Minnesota Twins, which was another... Very weird deal, but again, we're getting down to the final days, so some players are desperate, some teams are desperate, and we're seeing some interesting decisions being made. As far as the Blue Jays go, it looks like they're done in terms of big, big, you know, seismic moves that they're making. They're probably not going to make another Matt Chapman-type deal, probably not going to make a deal for someone like Jose Ramirez. They're probably still involved around the margins. They're probably still involved with guys like Jonathan VR, even though Jonathan VR is off the table now. They're probably still looking for those impact infield bats that they can add on the bench, impact guys in the outfield. Um, Has Michael Conforto signed yet, or is he still on the free agent market? Not yet. He's still available. Okay. So that's a potential target for the Blue Jays. Maybe a bit more expensive than what they're looking for right now, but he's on the table for them. So um, from your guys' perspective, If we think about the next week as the end of the offseason, what do the Blue Jays have to do between today and next Monday to get the team to where they need it to be for opening day? In my mind, it is a reliever or two and an impact bat off the bench that is preferably a lefty. To me, those are the two things they have to do to finish up this offseason strong, get good performance come opening day, and have the type of roster they want to have at that point. But for you guys... What do you want to see them do over the next week before the off season essentially wraps up? Knowing there's no firm deadline to any of this.
0: Well, first of all, I just want to point out that if you guys, if anybody hasn't seen the Ross Atkins press conference, it wasn't really like a full press conference. It was more just everybody kind of seeing him in Dunedin uh, after the Matt Chapman trade. He, I think, he made it indirectly clear that he's done. Like he said, "Yeah, guys, like I've been up for the past 36 hours. We finally acquired this guy." probably not going to make any big moves after that so you're I mean Jose Ramirez as much as we'd love to see him on this team most likely at least for this offseason not happening but in terms of what the team needs to do I'm pretty much just going to second what you said Mark because bullpen is pretty much like that's the the one position and I've said this multiple times that's the one position with the most uncertainty even with a good bullpen you're still going to add guys throughout the offseason throughout spring training and really all throughout the season you can look to add guys there and so that's definitely one that i could see the blue jays making some type of move more i think less high leverage situations or more bulk inning guys because the the core four from last year with romano simber meza and richards they're all here they're going to take over the later innings of the game and obviously barring any unnecessary or unintentional or unexpected issues Romano's your closer, and the other three are going to kind of take in the the bigger situations. So, you know, somebody like Anthony Kaye had a nice first outing in the spring. So, I mean, does that change how they approach the acquisitions? Probably not. I think they'll still go out and acquire guys that can take over the middle to early innings of the game. If you know, say your pitcher gets rocked. But that being said, that happens every offseason I would have liked to see Corey Dickerson come back. Unfortunately, he is now off the table. I believe it was with the Dodgers or something. It was with a... a Cardinals. I think it was with a West Co- uh, the Cardinals. So it was a. It was an NL team. But yeah, so he's now off the table. Uh, would have loved to see him come back. Unfortunately, now he's not. He could have filled a need for this team with Randall Gritchick kind of being that odd man out. He, uh, Corey Dickerson would have been a perfect left-handed bat. Good outfielder. I, I liked what I saw out of him last year. But priority number one has now got to be some type of left-handed bat because i'm i'm not saying there's necessarily a bad thing of having essentially all right-handed batters you do want to diversify your lineup a little bit and the last thing you want is a pitcher who just dominates righties to come in and dominate you in the playoffs or really in any series so i think that's really the focus you know bring in some type of depth piece maybe an infielder well most likely an infielder unless you want to roll with five outfielders cuz At Randall Gritchick's price, he's not going to the minors. And then just look at bullpen guys. That's that's really it. And I think even this might be a bold take, but even if the Blue Jays were to not make a single move before opening day, I still think the offseason is complete. You just at this point you go in, you get some depth pieces, and you, you really see what you have because obviously more more players than are going to make the roster are in spring training right now, and I don't believe any cuts have been made. So we could still see some type of late emergence from from somebody so that's also definitely something to keep in mind but in terms of the moves probably it's over like things can still happen the trade deadline's not till august or something so it's not like anything major can't happen but at this point i think the front office and everybody involved they're going to roll with who they have and just make some type of depth move
2: Going back to, I just want to quickly say from Mark's point about the ship has sailed on Jose Ramirez. I just want to add on to that saying it's sailed, but it's going to reappear at some point in July. I really do think so. So we'll see with that. I mean, Carlos uh, Bayerga still reports <laughs> that the Jays are aggressively trying to get Jose Ramirez. But yeah, I, I'm with you guys. I think... At this point, if that ever happened, I'd be uh, truly shocked. I mean, just basically everything we've heard. It feels like everything's kind of calmed down since that Matt Chapman signing. But yeah, I mean, I think the off season's nearly complete. But I do think there's a couple more moves to be made. And I agree with you guys that I think you got to obviously, obviously add to your bullpen because you can never get too much uh, pitching depth, and that's pretty much pretty much a well known factor throughout baseball. And I think maybe, you know, right now because I guess Teoscar Hernandez is somewhat slated to be that guy to be a DH um, a few times, or I guess a lot of the times, maybe looking at adding another outfielder. I don't know how high that is on the list. Maybe that's a potential option uh, just because of that fact that Teos Hernandez, you know, Lourdes Gurriel, there's going to be lots of time at DH by the looks of it right now. So, I think right now, Josh Palacios is actually projected to make the team for the bench, uh, according to Fangraph. So we'll see on that. And there's so many you know different ways the roster could, I guess, finish up on it. it. all depends on that final roster spot. And the priority still remains to be a left-handed at-bat. So we'll see with that. And of course, there's still a bunch of relievers out there. So it'll depend on what the Jays are willing to give uh, to these guys. And you know, there's lots of options out there for them. So we'll see what happens with that. But other than that, I think we're pretty much... Nearly set. I mean, obviously, the starting lineup set, the bench, pretty much what we've were all we all been mentioning, still, I think, one spot up for grabs. And there's still the expectation that uh, rosters are going to be expanding by, I think, two for the month of April. So for a Jays fan, you can all probably prepare to see, for the possibility to see three catchers uh, for the month of April. Just an idea, because that also gives Alejandro Kirk maybe some DH at-bats, and you're going to have the opportunity to expand the rosters for the first month. And maybe the Jays can kind of reevaluate because it feels like a trade for, or trading a catcher is going to be inevitable at one point. So I guess it would give them an extra month. That's an option there. And of course, you'll have Jansen and Maguire there. Now, for that left-handed at bat, Mark, I don't know if you were going to bring this up or not. So sorry if, um, just as we're moving on, sorry if I kind of jumped to, it too, uh, jumped to it too early. But I think there's one guy who's a lefty on this team. I think you know where I'm going with this. But throughout the first weekend, he's had a standout performance and i think he's done really well in his first 3 games and that guy is greg bird what are the chances that you guys think that greg bird makes this team minus any other you know jose ramirez splash or some other uh, left-handed at bat splash i think right now if things are set the way they are in terms of the roster and no other additions i think there's a legitimate chance that greg bird cracks the the roster on opening day now not for the you know to start the season you know, obviously, it's pretty far-fetched to guarantee he's going to be there the entire year, but to open the season on the opening day roster, I think there's a legitimate chance for that just because of that, and we, we've known Greg Bird for a long time because we obviously knew him coming up with the Yankees. He was poised to pretty much have a solid major league career, but the thing um, that has been holding him back is pretty much being injured his entire career, so he lost his spot eventually in New York. I believe pretty much the Yankees moved on to Luke Voight. And uh, I think Greg Bird was poised to play with Texas in 2020, but we all know how that went with that season. Last year, he spent the year with the Rockies Triple A affiliate and the Jays bring him over. And it was kind of a signing that kind of went under the radar because I believe, it. first of all, it was at the end of the lockout, one of those final two days. And I think it was also the same day that they brought in Joe Biagini back. So that was also kind of undershadowed from that. So... I think he's an internal option that the Jays are probably exploring. And I think Charlie Montoyo hinted at it too because he did say that Greg Bird's got a legitimate chance to make the team. You're going to see a lot of him and look at it again today. He's DHing as we record Monday morning. So he's going to be in the lineup again today. So pretty much as a left-handed at-bat, I think that's obviously the major priority. But I'm just going along the lines of if the Jays are done adding externally I think Greg Bird is definitely a a legitimate contender to make the team internally as an option to start the year so other than that a few bench spots including what I mentioned with Bird up for grabs I think one or two it'll be interesting to see if they add another outfielder like I was mentioning at the beginning but I don't know how high that is on their priority list and of course I think another part of their major their priority list or high on that is definitely adding some more bullpen pieces maybe one or two more and I think then you're going to pretty much wrap it up but for the offseason and be pretty comfortable heading into the season right now. But I agree with what you said too, Jacob. I said, if this roster, I guess, stays the same going into April 8th, I think the chances still remain pretty good with this. But I think if they want to make it even better to put the final pieces on the offseason, then they're going to be looking at these. And of course, I think Roz Atkins pretty much already confirmed that they're still looking pretty much, but they're not going to be as aggressive as they were prior to acquiring Matt Chapman. So a couple of things up for grabs and we're going to see. But right now, I think... Pretty much the main bulk of this roster is set in stone, and that's what's exciting to see that you have all these guys that you know for sure will be on the team, and then there's going to be a couple roster spots that are up for grabs, so we'll see what happens with that. Yeah, that's a
1: good thing. The Blue Jays aren't screwed if they don't get anyone in these final couple of weeks. Like They are in a good position. We've talked about it endlessly. I do think there's always room for improvement. There are ways for them to become a better team, but just by adding bench bats, just by adding guys in the bullpen, and that just solidifies that depth that they need over 162. But that being said, right now they're not in a bad position. You know, if they don't make any changes, I still think they win 95 games. Um, It's just about at the margins, getting those guys on the benches and in the bullpen that can make those differences when it's uh when it's needed and um you know take them to being a 97, 98, 99 win team. So um you mentioned Greg Berg. Yeah, I think it's a possibility he makes a major league roster. I don't think he will, at least to start the season. Um, just because like yeah, he's had a good spring so far. He's got a home run and another hit in five at bats, but At the same time, like you look at his numbers, he hasn't played in the majors since 2019. And even in 2019, he only played 10 games with the Yankees, and he had a batting average of 171. Um, So you look at those numbers, and then you look back to 2018 as well. He only had um, 82 games, so half a season, but he batted 199. Um, Even going the year prior to that, 190 batting average. And then back to 2015, it's 261 batting average. So he's never had... Stellar numbers in the majors. And it's been a while since he even put up a solid season in the majors. So I'd like to see the Blue Jays go out and add someone who, A, doesn't just play first base, can play other positions in the infield, and B, has better, more solidified, more proven numbers in the majors. So who could that be? You know, the the pickings are slim at this point in the offseason. There's not a lot of guys left in the infield market. But one guy that I think the Blue Jays should be targeting is Jed Lowry. Um, infielder, utility guy, can play anywhere on the infield. He's a switch hitter, so he checks that box. He is aging. He's entering his age 37 season, but he put up a 101 OPS Plus last season with the Oakland Athletics, and I think he has the potential to do that again this year. Obviously aging, he's not going to be as good. You know, maybe you're looking at a 90 OPS Plus or 95 OPS Plus, but to get that from a bench guy would be incredible. To get that production from someone who's not playing every day, can just slot in every once in a while when he's needed, I think that's the perfect influence. And then, he's also an older guy. This is a young team for the Blue Jays. They're not as young as they have been over the last couple of years, but they still aren't, you know, I I don't know how you would define it, but, you know, in their prime, I guess, 27 to 32. They're a team that's younger than that for the most part. So some of these guys, Flatty, Bo. Cavin, Espinall, I think they can all benefit from having an older guy in the infield to help him out a little bit. We saw that with Marcus Simeon. We saw the influence he has on the team. I think we're going to see that with Matt Chapman a little bit. Chapman not being incredibly old, but being a little bit more mature than them, a little bit more major league experience. I think bringing in someone like Jed Lowry, who has the experience, can help them, as well as have the on-field production, I think could help the Blue Jays a lot.
0: That's actually an interesting point. You know, even look at 2021 Jed Lowry, wasn't even awful. I mean, 245 average and 457 at bats. If you can get a 200 to almost said 245, but if you can get a 245 batting average out of a bench player, I think that's a success. I mean, considering that you still also have Santiago Espinal, who even with Matt Chapman, I think is a guarantee to make the roster. That is, I would say that's a very solid infield. And, it's The thing is, is, I'm not entirely sure of how likely any of these moves are. Like I I think if, if we were to compare Jed Lowry to Greg Bird, I would say Greg Bird has the upper hand, even though the positional versatility isn't necessarily there for him. I just think that because he's already here, the Blue Jays can already look at him. That's a little bit more of an advantage for him. But regardless, even if, say, the rosters are expanded by two, you're going to have three catchers, so... Like, I I think it's fair to say that you'll roll with Jansen, Maguire, and Kirk. I don't think any of them get sent down, especially if the rosters are expanded. Where does that other position go? Is that infield? Is that bullpen? Is that outfield? You know, is that Josh Palacios? Because, as we've mentioned, he could easily make the roster again. And, I mean, we didn't see a ton out of him last season. But what we did see out of him, especially last, last spring training, was promising. That's the one thing. I think, like, if you are to expand the rosters, it's... Bringing in a guy like Jed Lowry, it would most likely have to be either you make the team or you're you're released, kind of like what they did with Francisco Liriano last year. Where I'm actually, first of all, I was I was a little bit surprised he didn't make the team, but that's a, a much different story. But after he didn't, you know, a much older guy, he's not here to play in the minors. He's here to have another op- opportunity to play in the majors. So I feel like even if he were to come in, it would. The chances would be slim at best if he were to make the roster. That's why, when I look at what the team needs to do, it's it's primarily just bullpen relievers, things like that. Unless you're going to work internally with positional players, because I like Jed Lowry's a good player, no, no doubt about that. I'm just not entirely sure how likely bringing him in would result in actually making that April eighth roster. But still, like I said, like even if they don't do anything, they don't bring him in. Even if Greg Bird doesn't make the opening day roster, Palacios doesn't, like any of these guys, it's still a good roster. And I think that's why this is a good conversation to have because it's like, okay, well, how... Like, we've made all of the the massive improvements. Now, how many more incremental movements or improvements can we make before this team really is just a juggernaut that it already kind of is?
2: Yeah, I mean that's obviously an option for sure bringing in an infielder i still think maybe looking at an outfielder one more outfielder i think should be the priority over that just because i don't necessarily like it as much because as much as um pretty much i think there's pretty much five outfielders but that's including somebody taking up the dh spot you know you want to be able to have more flexibility or you you want to be able to have a better fourth outfielder because again, right now, according to Fangraphs, that Josh Palacios is that projected number four outfielder. So I would like to th- think that they can go out and possibly get an outfielder because I think if they stick with their infield now, I do think it's in a lot better are a lot better of a position than it is uh, in the outfield. But again, if you want to add an infielder as well, I d- do think that that adds definitely an option to the bench because Jed Lowry, like you said, Mark, switch hitter, and he would be definitely good because of the way he hits. So that's always an option. And I think you know it's interesting to because you wonder how they think of it like that. You just wonder how they think of it. Because if you're going to bring in a lefty or a switch hitter, somebody who can pretty much bat left no matter what, do they care what position it is in terms of outfield or infield, or they just want one of the best, or I guess one of the best um, lefty options out there? So that's where I think of it, because it depends on what what they're kind of preferring, or maybe they don't care at all. Maybe if you just he can hit left, he can come in, they can work the, or move things around and be flexible with the bench and be flexible with the you know the last parts of the lineup. Then I think that's also a good idea too. So there's different ways that this could be done. Definitely adding an infield's away. I think adding an outfielder, too, is another way. So, And it all depends, too. I mean, if Greg Bird doesn't make the team like you were talking about, Jacob, that's possibly two other spots open because I don't know, again, how keen I am with Palacios making the team to start the year. I do think he'll be here throughout the year like he was last year. So we'll see with that. And um, I just think, internally, Bird is probably the only legitimate guy to make the team out of I guess spring training right now from what we've seen. So, and if it's not going to be bird like you guys were mentioning, then it's going to be somebody externally and we'll see who what happens with that. So, I think probably when you're looking at the bench, I think that's more of the priority than the bullpen, even though even though both are obviously uh, priorities, but I think it feels like the Jays are looking more at that left-handed at bat to, f- you know, pretty much finalize the bench over something like the bullpen because I do look at the bullpen now. And I think I'm pretty confident with what I'm seeing so far. I Pretty much everything kind of remains the same uh, from last year, minus obviously the additions of Yumi Garcia, who we haven't even seen yet. He hasn't even arrived to camp yet. He's still working on visa issues. And, of course, you had Andrew Vasquez, who you signed a couple weeks ago, to a major league deal. So those guys are likely going to be in the bullpen as well. And then other than that, you pretty much have the same bullpen as last year, and you have to add the possibility of Nate Pearson being in there. So I think bullpen-wise, they're in a lot better spot um, than – pretty much those final two bench spots, I think those are going to be definitely looked at hard, and they're going to have different options. I mean, Jed Lowry's an option. We've spoken about Michael Conforto. He's still out there. What is he going to... How much is he going to cost? I mean... It depends on the market value for him, and also it also it also depends on what the Jays are going to be willing to spend. How much more money do they have left to spend this offseason? As of right now, their current payroll is about $156 million, and that's 11th in the league. So they're moving up on that payroll. They're top pretty much 10, basically. I think they're $3 million behind the Astros in payroll. So it all depends on how much they have left on their budget, too, and that's obviously a huge factor into that. You know do you guys think also maybe there's a chance that I guess there's a slim chance that one of these three catches are moved prior to opening day? I think that's also something that you can't rule out. I mean, as much as the roster expanding could help that case of them maybe waiting till the end of April, do they maybe capitalize it earlier and get this done before the season starts? I think that's definitely a possibility too. So, What a potential return that could be for. Maybe the Jays move a catcher for other needs for, you know, the infield, the outfield depth guys. It all depends on pretty much what they're planning. But I think that's also a possibility that you can't rule out. And of course, they're going to add, they're pretty much carry an extra reliever basically for that last spot too. So lots of options. I mean, Jed Lowry's a name, Michael Conforto's a name. There's lots of relievers out there still. So as much as the market isn't as, you know, it, big as it was when the lockout ended there's still some names out there that could prioritize the Jays needs and Jed Lowry is definitely one of them for sure and then um we'll see what happens with you know internally too with people like Greg Bird and of course that three catcher situation that last outfielder spot so there's lots to discuss pretty much as spring training continues
1: yeah I guess the reason that I want the Blue Jays to add an infielder instead of an outfielder is because I guess I'm more confident in their outfield depth like I think Josh Palacio's Came up to the majors. Obviously, he wasn't great last season, but he showed flashes of being major league ready. And I think he's someone who can fill in in a pinch if the Blue Jays need it, in addition to already having Randall Grishik as your fourth outfielder. So you kind of have that additional depth in the outfield, I think. Um, I think my problem with the infield is that after... I guess if you think of Kevin Biggio as a starting second baseman, after Santiago Espinal on the infield... I don't know where you go past that. So that's kind of why I want the Blue Jays to add another guy so they're not digging deep into the minor league system and digging deep into guys like Greg Bird, who I'd rather not see at the major league level. Um, I'd like the Blue Jays to get another guy who I'm confident in at the major league level, even if they're not an incredible talent. Um, I do agree with what you said about the, the bullpen. I think it is... By and large, it's done. If they don't add someone there, I'm not going to be upset. I, I think their first priority should be on the infield, like I just said. Um, you look at the guys they have there, it is so much better than it was at the start of the last offseason. And if you get Julian Merriweather healthy for a full season, um, I mean, we've seen already what he can do. I think he's only had an inning so far in spring training, but he was hitting you know velocity 95 to 97. He got two strikeouts in his one inning of work. Um, if he can... Be who he was at the start of last season, who we saw at Yankee Stadium on opening day. If he can turn into that guy over a full year and stay healthy, in addition to what the Blue Jays already have in Jordan Romano, and Tim Meza, and Adam Simmer, and now Yemi Garcia, and in Trevor Richards, the Blue Jays have a really good bullpen. So I think when we're talking about adding bullpen depth, it is just that. It's depth. It's not guys who we want to see you know, every day, day in and day out. It's not stars like Kenley Jansen. We're talking about guys on the back end who can provide depth. And maybe they bump some other guys down. Like maybe the Blue Jays add a guy that moves Joe Genie down a notch in the bullpen depth chart, moves Ryan Brucky down a notch in the bullpen depth chart. But it's, it's depth. That's what I think the bullpen needs at this point. So when we look at potential additions they can make, this isn't totally depth, but Richard Rodriguez is still available on the market. We know the Blue Jays had interest in him. During the season, when he was with the Pirates, he ended up being traded to Atlanta and pitching there. Um, He did have some bumps along the way in the middle of the season, but he had a 2.82 ERA overall. So, very good numbers from him and could help bolster the Blue Jays' bullpen. Um, That's just one guy to keep an eye on. Um, I think we should talk about what else is going on in spring, because that's the main attention grabber right now. Everyone cares about... What's happening at spring training. So um, I guess we can just go around. Like who has stood out to you so far in spring training? I know Bryson, I guess it's Greg Bird for you. But um, what are some of the names that you guys have seen and players you guys have seen stand out in games that you think deserve some more consideration for the major league roster or have just turned some heads in terms of what they can do as prospects?
0: One thing I think we should note is Matt Chapman just got into his first game yesterday on Sunday. Uh, He had two at bats, uh, one home run in that, and I mean, it's one home run in two at bats in spring training. I'm not saying that's reflective of two years plus of service time, but that ball was launched out of there like it, it was. You know, you remember? I think it was Vladimir Guerrero Jr. against. It was late in the season last year where he hit a ball, and in less than two seconds, it left the yard. Like that's similar to what happened with Matt Chapman and. All I will say is if you get Matt Chapman for his defense and then somehow he provides the offense that you weren't expecting, look out Dodgers. Like I'm not even talking about the American League. This is probably the best lineup in the in the entire Major League Baseball if Matt Chapman is one of those guys that can really turn things around. And I think he's he's definitely had, you know, I mean it's one game like I said. It's but it's it's looked very or he's looked very interesting. Uh, so far, and I think also Alejandro Kirk, he's gotten into two games so far. He was 0 for, or he's he's getting into a second game today. But he was two for three on Sunday with a, a double and a home run. So interesting. And uh, today, especially, he's the designated, uh, or excuse me, yesterday was the designated hitter. So I mean, it's always interesting when your your catcher somehow becomes a designated hitter, and you know we don't see it often in majors. But Alejandro Kirk again, third season-ish, not really full season, but third year in the majors, I think he's he's poised to show a lot of promise this season, and obviously the the regulars like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. absolutely launched a ball, and I mean, what else can we really expect other than that, but uh, it some of these guys that we've had high hopes on, they're, they're interesting, and I mean, it's, it's nice to see Matt Chapman get into a game, it's nice to see Alejandro Kirk get into a game, and just prove that, yeah, like this entire one through nine and then also the guys on the bench that aren't going to be every single day players they can still rake and it's it's going to be a very interesting season and i i don't believe we've seen kevin gosman yet i thought he was going to start on saturday which obviously didn't end up happening but will be interesting to see him and we do see alec manoa today so hopefully well by the time this is up we'll probably have an idea of how his performance was but it's uh, you know, just seeing these regulars get it back into things and see what they're able to do, especially for some of these guys that really didn't get a f- full twenty 2020 twenty or twenty twenty one. Look to make get their first full season. It's uh, it's very exciting.
2: Yeah, I think um, definitely Matt Chapman was definitely something, I mean, as much as we're expecting him and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. to pretty much perform, I think also Matt Chapman's first home run, that was pretty cool to see. And I think he made a couple good defensive plays too. There was one play where he kind of stepped in front of the shortstop and pretty much threw to second base, but it was a really cool play because of how much ground he made up in the infield. But that's nothing that, I guess, the least of what we're expecting because we see how much... His reputation as a Platinum Glove Award winner, Gold Glove Award winner. So that's exactly what the Jays traded for. And of course, you know, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Jacob, you mentioned it, no surprise. But I mean, he crushed that ball right away, his first step out of the spring. And it's funny because after the game, he came out and said that he wasn't even feeling that good physically, which is crazy. So he's expecting a good year. I mean, there was a video of him and George Springer in the batting cage pretty much saying his goal was 70 home runs. And George Springer was like, I believe you. And then that's why I think, you know, that's really cool. And he also had the really cool quote about how last year we saw the trailer and this year we see the actual movie. So think of his home run in the spring training, maybe like a prologue, that introductory scene where you're introduced to kind of what's going on a little bit before you actually get into the plot. So excited with that. I mean, really, I mean, Mark, you mentioned pretty much we've spoken about Greg Bird. I guess that's one. And then I think other than him, though, like, It's hard for me to look at other guys and then consider them, you know, for the opening day roster. I know Josh Palacios, we've also discussed, he's probably, you know, there's a chance for him to crack the roster. So we've seen a lot of him. But in terms of people turning heads, I think there's been a few of those. And I think pretty much the highlight for me... Uh, should be pretty much what we've seen from Aurelvis Martinez. I mean, that guy has power. And I think there was also a video in the batting cage where Teoscar Hernandez and was pretty much saying that he has more power than he did, like Aurelvis Martinez has more power than Teoscar at his age. So, he's obviously not going to make the opening day roster. We know that. I believe he finished last year in A ball somewhere. I think it was High A. So, you have to imagine there's a chance he starts this year in Double A in New Hampshire um I, I that's my guess i mean maybe he starts again in a ball who knows but if he starts in double a this year he's definitely on he's definitely making that progress in the minor leagues and we'll see what happens with that because we all know that there's interest around the league obviously in him you know him and gabriel Moreno are pretty much those top two prospects right now that are drawing that trade interest and the jays are pretty much reverted so many times that especially arelvis martinez i guess recently isn't untouchable so We'll see with that. You can never really rule anything out, but um, that is something that the Jays have to do everything they can to keep that guy, because that he looks really good, I guess, in his first couple games. So, you know, as I was mentioning, I don't have really any other guys for that opening day roster. I think another takeaway, though, that I'll say is, you know, we've seen a lot of Jordan Groshans as well. We all know the trade rumors with him. Uh, I don't think he's gotten off to the hottest start, but I think he's had only about six at-bats, so... That's another guy that I am pretty much have um, looked at. I know we've seen a lot of, um, you know, Nathan Lukes. I don't know. He's probably not, you know, really low on the depth chart, but I'm just pretty much going by guys that we've seen a lot in terms of at-bat. So, I mean, that's one guy. And then I think, um, you know, I was watching yesterday too and that uh, Stewart... Baroa, he is fast. I mean, I know, again, he's not going to make the opening day roster, but that's pretty much a takeaway I had. That guy can fly around the bases, but you know, other than that, we're pretty much getting into guys that I don't think have any chance, unfortunately, at cracking the opening day roster. So I guess I'll leave it with Orelvus um, Martinez, of course, Matt Chapman's home run, um, Greg Bird from before, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s home run, and then, of course, Jacob, you mentioned Alejandro Kirk, and I think you guys saw pretty much all of the memes and comments saying, you know, tagging the Cleveland guardians and pretty much saying he's boosting his trade value. (laughs) So that one, you can't rule out. I think there's a high possibility that he's one of the guys moved. I think we've discussed that. It'll probably be him or Moreno. If they go down that road, hopefully for the future, it is Kirk. So we can hold on to Gabriel Moreno, but there's so many possibilities that we've discussed and we know that so far. So And there's so many other names that we haven't even seen yet. Like, we haven't really seen... I don't think we've seen Nate Pearson yet. We haven't seen... Like, you were talking about Jacob. We haven't seen uh, Alec Manoa yet. We haven't seen Ross Stripling yet. Another guy that we haven't seen, one of the main guys, is George Springer. Mark, I know you said you have your thoughts on that, so I'll let you pretty much talk about that in a sec. But he's pretty much saying... He prioritizes live BP before, you know, live BP other than Grapefruit League games early on in the spring, and I think that's fine. And I think the main concern for all of us and the main priority is that that guy just stays healthy no matter what he does. Who cares as long as he's ready for April eighth and he can play pretty much more than half a season because basically after what the Jays lost, we know all the power they lost in Marcus Simeon. You need a healthy George Springer this year to pretty much fulfill that lineup and make that lineup better and make that lineup, you know, in terms of expectations to fulfill those and possibly exceed those. So that's pretty much, I think, the main takeaways the first few days. You know, I know Boba gotten a lot of at-bats too. Santiago Espinal's been playing a lot. So it's been good to see a lot of the regulars playing, you know, compared to, I guess, games where you see absolutely nobody that you've never heard of before playing. So... You get a lot, and you get to, you get to that a lot near the end of the games, and um, I don't think we've seen Joe Biagini yet, a Blue Jays fan favorite. So, lots of guys that are still have yet to appear, and we've only pretty much played three games, but it's definitely exciting. And I'll end it off with Malik Smith and his routes in the outfield. It has been a disaster. I don't think you know that another guy who I think is a non-roster invitee, but that guy has had trouble and hit the outfield so far. So hopefully, if we see him at all in 2022, who knows. Just we feel the ball like that, that, that. Really, like, you know, we can't be in games like last year. We knew all the close games that the Jays blew last year. Hopefully we're past that. And we don't see as much of that in 2022, because there were some moments last year where it was really tough to watch. And because of all those leads, they blew late. So I guess I'll leave it off with that. But, um, you know, another week ahead is spring training ball. And today they're in Lakeland. So we'll see what happens with their Grapefruit League record. And I really hope they win the Grapefruit League. I'm really in, uh, invested in it this year.
0: Could I just say quickly? I think the benefit of having such a young team is that we can actually see them during spring training. Because I remember like 2016, 17, the entire lineup would be guys that I have literally never heard of. Whereas like this year, like Vladimir Guerrero Jr., I think he's only like two years older than me or three years older than me. So he's, you know, he's quite young. So we can actually see him playing, see everybody or see most of the regulars playing, which is definitely more exciting and it's piquing my interest a lot earlier in spring training than i think it usually was
1: that being said i think there's still a lot of guys whose names i do not know which i i feel like most <laughs> spring trainings i've at least heard everyone's name before i don't know why this spring training there's a couple guys that i just did not know existed but like you mentioning nathan luke's i was looking at the lineup today i'm like who on earth is Luke's? Like, who is this guy? <laughs> Where did the Blue Jays get him? Where is he from? What's his story? And same thing with, I think it was Stuart Baroa you mentioned. Yeah. No Fast. idea. No idea. <laughs> Has never crossed my mind before. So, yeah. Um, but, I, basically all the standout guys that you mentioned, I had written down to Martinez, Vlady Julian Merriweather, who I talked a little bit about earlier, then Alejandro Kirk. Those are the four guys so far that I've been paying attention to. And, You mentioned the routes in the outfield for uh, Malik Smith. It's not just Malik Smith. I feel like the outfield in general for the Blue Jays has been a little bit of a train wreck so far. Spring training, again, doesn't matter, but gets me a little bit nervous. And, you know, we saw Chavez Young in center field making some questionable plays. We saw in left field, Lourdes Gurriel Jr. made a couple catches, but I think they were made to look more difficult than they should have been. And we know this is a thing with Lourdes Gurriel Jr. where he does take some bad routes to the ball. And I think we saw that where he was kind of twisting and turning and trying to get a beat on it. He eventually caught, I think it was like two balls that were hit um, deep and he had to run back for. But that's another thing I'm not totally happy with. Again, spring training, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I'm keeping my eyes on. Um, The last thing I will mention, and Bryson you mentioned a little bit, George Springer, we haven't seen him at all yet. It does make me a bit nervous just because I'm having flashbacks to to last year. And the fact that I, I think Springer was healthy to start with and he got injured like right before opening day, right? So I guess we still have time before things go wrong. But I am a little bit nervous of the fact that we haven't seen him yet and we're like, what, two weeks away from opening day, a little bit longer than that. Um, and I know, you know, he doesn't like to get in grapefruit league action. He likes to take at bats and live BP and that kind of thing, but it does make me a little bit nervous that the blue Jays might be hiding something. And it is a little bit of the paranoid part of me, but, um, I'm just hopeful that nothing actually is going on, that he is completely healthy and we do get a full season out of him.
0: If I remember correctly, the first injury, I, it wasn't the quad. It was the knee. Wasn't it? I think.
2: No, the knee was Seattle. The knee was Seattle. It was, I think it was the squad. And then he He came back, he re-aggravated it. He came back and then his <laughs> knee in Seattle. And then he played with the knee brace and he was oh, never man. the same.
1: You know it's a problem when we lose track of all <laughs> those injuries over one season.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I knew I knew it was lower body. I, I swore it was like one specific leg, not just like whole thing. But um, I know, if I remember correctly, it was more of an accident where he got injured. Like, I don't think he, it, it was kind of like the very different situations but where with Strowman, where he tore his ACL it was just like a fluke accident so as i think it we can at least say that it, it expecting Springer to have recovered from his injuries last year is probably reasonable we just need to hope to god that nothing bad happens nothing unintentional happens because obviously we saw what what happened last year so as long as he's even if he's like 90 95% healthy i think that's a good sign then you just, you know, I'd rather I'd rather miss the or see him miss all of the Grapefruit League games except for like two, than have that happen in in the regular season. So as long as he's healthy, or almost exactly healthy, and there's no no type of freak accident, then I think for him it's a it's a very good sign.
2: I want to just correct myself. For George Springer, it started with the oblique in spring training. That was the original. That was first. That's then it was the was quad and then he mm. re-aggravated the quad and then it was the knee so we forgot about the oblique but Mark was saying <laughs> it is concerning that we there's so much to pretty much talk about and don't you guys remember we had that we had the we had that episode like I think it was like two or three days before the regular season and this is when they lost we knew Springer wasn't playing they lost Kirby Yates. they lost Robbie Ray and we were all like so upset and we all were pretty much like thinking that the Jays were doomed so hopefully we don't have to go through that again because that was a pretty late scare And then, Mark, I also just wanted to add on pretty much the guys that we've never heard of. If you want to add on to that, look at the box score of the pitchers that came into the game yesterday. That is when I was pretty much getting lost after, um, I think it was, after Vasquez. I mean, I think people came in and I was like, never heard of you. So, it's okay. I mean, whatever. I mean, Hagen-Danner, though, I mean... Friend of the show, we interviewed him a couple years ago. He closed things out yesterday. He did. He looked pretty good in an inning. Only um, two hits allowed, he struck out two. So that was a pretty good showing from him. And, you know, hopefully his progression's, um, you know, going well throughout the minor league. So we'll see with that. But, yeah, I mean, there's so much we can really cover throughout these first three days. And, you know, for Springer, you hope that we see him by the end of the week. I mean, as much as he says the live BP, I get it. But this is pretty much a half, like, of a normal spring training it's only three weeks compared to a usual six so you have to imagine we're getting closer to him showing up in a game and you know when he shows up we know he's going to dh for the first few times so that's probably going to get us a little bit even more paranoid just because we don't know for sure if he's okay or not but by the sounds of it by the way i guess he looks and everything he seems fine you know we know that or according to charlie montoyo he's 100% so that is one of the key points for this team is that he stays healthy this year because we saw how healthy he was last year and how good he was and impactful he was. We know there was, you know, his numbers dropped a little bit because I think throughout that knee injury, he tried playing through it and he he did play through it successfully. It's just he wasn't the same and then he slowly got better near the end. But we all know the Jays kind of ran out of time at the end, which is why they didn't make the playoffs. So that's a huge point for this year. And I think that's a huge must is that we get a – you know, more than half the season of a healthy Springer. So we'll see with that. And we hope that last year was pretty much the fluke and it'll never really happen again, but we really don't know. So that's why you look at it from that way. But yeah, I mean, other than that, it's been pretty impressive seeing all these guys play, especially the re- the regular guys and the Matt Chapman thing. I think that was really cool for him to homer as well in his first game. So we'll see. And then again, there's more regulars that are coming, especially pitchers too. And um, we're going to see what happens. We also a guy that we haven't seen, um, it Couple pitchers are Yusei Kikuchi and Hunjin Ryu. So, those two guys, and I think I mentioned earlier, Yemi Garcia has yet to even arrive at camp. So, lots of guys that we still haven't seen, and that's why it'll be interesting to see pretty much when they come into games and how they look as well, because we all know that we all need big seasons, or they all, Jays fans need big seasons out of those guys for that team or for this team to perform.
1: There is lots still to come and lots to look forward to as we cross off the days until we get to opening day, but we'll wrap it up there. Thank you to everyone who listened to this episode. As always, you can find us on social media at section 138pod. That's on Instagram and Twitter. Um, you can also find us on YouTube. I don't think I've mentioned that in a while, but we are on YouTube. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find our episodes on Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, pretty much everywhere. Um, you can also support our podcast on Patreon. It's patreon.com section 138pod. You can also give us a rating and review on Apple Podcast and Spotify, which just helps spread the word about what we're doing here. Um, and I guess we will catch you next week when we have more spring training baseball to talk about.